Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good day, good evening, wherever you are around the world. It's another edition of the Spurs Show. Mike Lee here. Thank you so much for joining us. Joining us tonight to look back at uh, two defeats. We haven't said that for a while. Uh, we have the Tottenham Hotspur correspondents for the eminent Ham and High Express. Is it Express? Uh, yeah, Used to be. One. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mr. Ben Pierce joins us. Thanks for thank having you, me on. Thank you so much for coming along. Uh, also joining us, been on the show many, many times before from uh, purveyors of fine TV programs from Zigzag TV. Danny Fenton. Good to be here. How always, are you? Well, I'm very well. I always seem to come at the wrong times. But, we always uh, come after defeat, don't always you? Always after a defeat. So, we time uh, it. Yeah. We always time it. Well timed. And a man who's been on the show many, many times and has got a wonderful book that he's co-written to talk about later, The Lane, all about the famous White Hart Lane, returning again, Mr. Adam Powley. Hi there, Mike. Good to see you. Thank you so much for coming along. Right, so we've got to look back at the Monaco and Chelsea games and then look forward to the Swansea games, a few other bits and pieces. Let's start uh, with the Monaco game, actually, which was last, was it Wednesday? Tuesday. 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 So last Tuesday, because, uh, you know, we sort of thought the formation there might impact on the game on Saturday. So Monaco, a game that we certainly couldn't afford to lose draw might have been taking us to the last game but it was a game we really hoped to go and win we lost uh 2-1 um adam the uh formation are you pochettino and cups there's something about resting players for the league yeah and he rested walker and as far as we were concerned but they weren't injured walker and vertonghen were rested yeah in view with the game coming up at the weekend. Yeah, there's there's something not quite right there. I'm not entirely sure what's going on. I don't know if it's been explained about the rationale behind that. Everyone's assuming it's that he was saving them, therefore, for the, the mm. Chelsea game, which raises all those questions about what are the priorities of the manager, what are the priorities of the club. Um, but just taking it at face value, that, that seemed to be what it is. But we're in this weird kind of situation whereby they're resting players in order to play in a game 
that thereby they're going to be able to qualify for next season in which they're going to rest players. Mm. Just seems to be this weird kind of like vicious cycle going on. Mm. There, it, things have been really good at Tottenham for the last couple of seasons. And I think generally talking about the kind of form we in, we're in, I can deal with that. You know, fitness and form, they're recoverable. recoverable. But there's something else I think that's going on. Those kind of messages that Pochettino might be sending out with his team selections and then what he said, we'll move on to that, no doubt, talking about Sissoko. Something doesn't quite feel right. Mm. I mean, Ben, you know, we got into the Champions League this season. And it was, it was, you know, it was a, it was a big, big deal for everyone. We obviously, as fans, thought we we're going to go out and strengthen the squad and, and everyone agreed for the Champions League campaign. We need to strengthen the squad. We did. We brought in three, three players, three pl- uh, f- f- the top med. Certainly, Wanyama, Sissoko, and Janssen came in. And to, Kudu. And Kudu, That's right. Four to sort of strengthen things up. Yeah. And okay. Every club gets injuries, so and we've had them. We, we've been lucky the last few seasons. We've had them to key players, but clearly, the, would you agree the squad is not strong enough because we have to rest key players in order to rest them for a league program? Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, certainly, I'd, I'd agree. I thought it was absolutely bizarre to, to rest for Tongan. Uh, it look, looks like that. That is exactly what it was. Particularly seeing as if the rationale was, well, he's going to have to play left back against Chelsea. Mm. Well, he didn't play left back against Chelsea, so that, that's the problem. If you look too far ahead then, then you, you get into all these difficulties. Mm. Um, I think, yeah, absolutely. It looks like the players they brought in to strengthen the squad, um, they, they haven't had the impact that we probably would have liked. Wanyama has been, has been very, very good. Mm. Janssen hasn't, had, uh, hasn't done as well as people would have hoped. Sissoko certainly hasn't. And Kudu is a bit of a strange one. Um, again, you know, it, it looks like it's, gonna be, it, it's been a few months already and we haven't seen much from him. Is he that much better than Inji? We, we don't really know yet. But mm. why ship out one winger who looks and proven and like like he, he might need time to get into the Premier League mm. replace him with someone else who looks like he might need more time to, to get yeah. used to the Premier League it hasn't really worked out so far and then I think absolutely the, 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 there aren't the impact players on the bench we saw that again at, at Chelsea the other day and those people who you really hoped would make an impact particularly someone like Sissoko who, who in an ideal world would be someone you wouldn't you know, if you're a left back, you wouldn't want him coming off the bench and running at you when you feel tired. We're not really seeing that side of him. So I, I think the, the disappointing thing really is that if Pochettino had an inkling, and I think a lot of us would have an inkling that this squad maybe wasn't quite strong enough, don't test it in the Champions League games. Yeah. Uh, you know, make, make sure that, you're, that you're, you've got your best team out for this because it's, it's a once in a five year opportunity so yeah. far. That, that's what it looks like at the moment. And yeah. he keeps saying, well, we'll know for next time and we'll, you know, the squad, you know, we'll know for next time with the squad, we'll know for next time. And he's, I think he said the other day we might we might treat things differently next time possibly yeah. saying maybe next time we play our strongest team but the Champions League this season shouldn't have been an opportunity to find out just how good his players were it shouldn't have been a learning experience it should have been the culmination of five years of hard work and, it, and I think probably you know that's, that's how the fans are feeling that doesn't feel like it's been five years waiting to get here and here we are and we've really made the most of it yeah. it's felt like another episode in a learning experience yeah. and, uh, and yet lessons have been learnt and that's great but and Pochino says next time next time that's great but if it's five years if the next time is five years away again I'm not saying it will be but if it is then then everyone's going to be saying well I won Champions League campaign for 10 years and, and it was you know it was, it was very very disappointing and didn't even put our best players on the pitch in, 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 that, in that key game against Monaco Yeah I mean Danny you know even the most diehard Spurs fan didn't expect us to win the Champions League this season but most of us thought looking at that group we can get through this group and it's proven Monaco have been the best team in the group. I think they beat Marseille at the weekend 3-0. They're playing very, very well. So, and obviously we'd we lost to them at Wembley. So, 
surely the, 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 the team would be under no illusions how difficult it would be to go out there and to get a win, which is what we're looking for. So why do you think, or do you genuinely think Pochettino thought, we're not, we're not going to win this, I'd rather have a go against Chelsea? Which then you can argue, what's the point of trying to qualify for the Champions League? Maybe Europa League is our level. I, I think, as the, uh, as the other gentleman has said, it's about trying to work out what our priorities are. And, and, and I don't think it's just a Tottenham thing, but there, there seems to be confusion in the modern game about what is the point of football? And you know, is it about finishing top four and qualifying for the Champions League? Well, if it is, then why, when you get in the Champions League, do you not put out your strongest team? And it, always, it sort of becomes a, a, a weird, say, vicious circle whereby... We're resting players so that we can try and finish top four so that we can get into a tournament that we're then going to rest players in. Um, I don't think it was a particularly easy group. I think think Leverkusen looked really strong against us and I think Monaco looked strong. But as a a Spurs fan, you want to see our best against their best. And then at least you you can measure it. I mean, for me, the biggest frustration of the Leverkusen home game and the Monaco away game is I felt like we didn't, play to our full potential and then mm. it's only when you play to your full potential with your best players can you can you really gauge it mm. and it is really the, the selection has been really weird for quite a few weeks really I mean talking about Nkudu I thought he looked really good when he came on against Chelsea at the weekend and and I wonder why he doesn't get more game time because he looks like a player who can go past people and and get the ball to the byline and but our tactics seem to be very limited to playing with two wing backs, you know, who sort of overlap. And you know, when you've not got Rose in the team, then we look, or, or, or Walker, we look quite limited. I mean, one thing, Adam, though, is that this season, and I, and I know Adavel's been out, and I know he's been a big, big miss for us, but generally the big thing this season was, you know, we're not leaking with the best defensive record. I don't know if it's probably gone out the window now, but it's one stage, mm. best defensive record. And the Monaco game was, you know, Luis kept us in it, penalty save, save after save, <coughs> conceded a bad goal, got straight back into it, you know, maybe a little bit fortuitously, but got back in. Mm. And then to concede that way was actually very unspurs-like oh, God, it, this season. It, it, it drives me nuts. It was... Um there was a thing a few years ago like when we spoke to um, Peter Shreve about the 80s team and they had a tactic they had a kind of sort of trick if you like a a kind of rule that they operated by that after Spurs had scored they had this rule that they're going to either get possession or concede a foul within three tackles so you know that that's either winning the ball or or putting a challenge enough just to disrupt the other team, and for to do that you've obviously got to be set up, focused, and concentrating. That was such a glaring absence from that team straight after we got the goal, and as you say, very unpochettino like. Mm. It's you know that that was Spurs in the bad old days, mm. not as we've seen of the recent yeah. Spurs vintage when they've been organised and thorough and set up and concentrating. I think. There's been an element this season, there's been a lot of disruption because we've had the injuries. What we built on last season was the fact that we kept that kind of core team together. Mm. The players were playing regularly, you know, I mean, loads of them played virtually the whole league season, I think I'm correct in saying. So as soon as you get that little bit of disruption, that upsets things. Also, the new players that come in, I don't think have been the right players. They haven't. Wanyama's been good. I'm not sure about the other ones. Really unconvinced by him so far. Um, and I just think that, coupled with all the other factors that are going on, that we're a bit more of a scalp now. Teams have cottoned on to us. Teams have kind of, you know, worked out in a way like how we play and how to counter it. That was always going to have that effect. But the things that we can control, so elements like that moment of concentration and that focus and that organisation, 
have been absent in the Champions League game and actually like fair few league games as well. Mm. So just, just to add to that, I mean, we have probably had the best defence when we have our strongest defence, you know, with mm. Rosen Walker, Adeverald and Vertonghen. That is, I think, the best defence in the Premier League. Mm. The problem has been not just about the new signings coming in, but players in front of the back four have not played as well as they did last season. Not you know? yet. So, exactly. you know, Ericsson has got a lot of criticism. Mm. I think I think some of it unfairly, but he gets a lot of criticism. And, I've, and the more criticism he gets, the worse he plays. Mm. And Ali's not been as good as he was. And Dyer's not as been as good as he was. And Dembele Dyer's been sort of been out of his position quite a lot because of Wanyama coming in. Yeah. It's almost affected yeah. Dyer yeah. from what he was doing last season. But yeah. if you look, everybody in front of that back four, mm. they've probably not played as well as they did last season. That's why we've not scored as many goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. And we're back after this very quick break. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203 817 4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. Um, Well, that was that. And then obviously... We've got this game coming up um, probably a week after next against Moscow. As fans, do you want us now to see us in the Europa League? There's, I mean, there was talk about the, the Europa League coming back to White Hart Lane, but the latest is that we started a contract at Wembley. The Europa League games, well, the knockout stages will be at White Hart Lane. Mm. Do you, thinking about the league again, mm. top four, do you want us to see us continue the Europa League as a trophy? Or uh, do you think, as you probably assume Pochettino might think, yeah. because he's got previous, uh, he doesn't I, want these games? My view is probably contrary to most Tottenham fans, but I think that we should take the Europa League seriously. I mean, you know, if football's about winning trophies, we haven't won a trophy in a long time. Since 2008. You know, we, maybe by default, we've won the right to drop into the mm-hmm. knockout stages of the Europa League. Let's give it a go. And even if even if we don't give it a go, it's the chance to, to blood some of the younger players. You know, Harry Kane probably would not be in the Tottenham team now if it hadn't been for us being in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I, I think that we're not in a position yet as a club where we can start pick and choosing like what competitions we want to compete in. Uh, we haven't got that luxury. Um, there's a trophy to be won. It's it's unlikely, but it's feasible. So I think they should have a go of it at doing it. This is where you get that problem then about prioritising and kind of Pochettino saying it basically. He hasn't got the squad. He hasn't got the means, whether you agree with him or not. He hasn't got the tools at his disposal in order to compete on two fronts especially European one going away on a Thursday coming home having uh, one day less to prepare than playing on a Sunday that's going to be a problem again but I'm with you Danny I'm, I'm old school I want us to compete I want, I want us to win a trophy I mean Ben wouldn't most Spurs fans surely go I, I don't mind missing out on Champions League if we won a trophy Tottenham finished fifth this season and won the FA Cup or the Europa League Surely most Spurs fans would be delighted with that. Well, I mean, especially if, if it's the Europa League, then that's that's as good as a top four finish. Yeah, is it, isn't it? anyway? That, that's that's you, you can get into March, and suddenly winning the Europa League is your better chance of, mm. of getting into the Champions League than, than your league finish, and then all of a sudden it, it becomes your priority. Mm. So I think I think you're certainly better off leaving your options open and making sure you've got as many routes into the Champions League as possible. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves here because mm. Tottenham still need a point against yes. Moscow and they haven't even managed Very that true. in either yeah. of their previous yeah. two games at Wembley. So it's, that's not done yet. But <laughs> absolutely, I mean, I, I was with we um, the, the, the Dortmund game last season. Um, I mean, I think Eric Dyer we were speaking to him afterwards and he was saying that feels like Champions League opposition and... Um, 
and you know we, we feel like we've, we've learned a lot from that and, and that we would be able to compete with Champions League teams in, in you know really I think Dortmund were a step above um, they, they were a step up yeah. they, were, they were too good and, and Spurs have just found out that the Champions League is a real step up from the Europa League and mm. a lot of the younger players wouldn't have experienced that so I think you know if we're talking about the Champions League being a learning experience and how do you learn and be better for the next time you're in the Champions League I think you do it A by playing again at Wembley which is what Pochettino mm. says yeah. he's been very very clear he wants to play at Wembley because that's going to be the whole of next season mm. the home games are going to be at Wembley mm. and B you try and get into the quarterfinals or whatever it is and you play against teams like Borussia Dortmund and you don't put out a weakened team you put out you put out your better players and they gain European experience against players uh, who are that hard half yard quicker you face those tactical battles you face those individual battles yeah. um, and and you try and win that competition you may you know maybe that you, that you go out again but at least you're you're playing higher caliber Europa League teams than you would do um, than earlier on in the competition which is the, the, the terrible bit that luckily Spurs have skipped so I think in terms of their development and progress I think it's absolutely better off trying to trying to have a go at that competition albeit yes it, it probably is going to have, have an effect on your league uh, on, on your league form but um, you know we're looking at league table now Spurs aren't it's not like they're in the top four and, and we're worried they're going to throw it away yeah. they're outside that top four at the moment and those top four teams are looking very very good so mm-hmm. uh, I, think, I think you want to have both routes open yeah, no, yeah. fair enough. Well, that brings us forward to the game on Saturday. You know, it was like, okay, we've lost the, the Monaco game, but let's see if Pochettino resting players made a difference. And for 35, 40 minutes, we looked as good as we have done, certainly away from home, in a long, long time. But in that typical Spurs way, it was just, once that equaliser came in, 99% of Spurs fans thought probably some of the players thought here we go again yeah. and what was your feeling I mean it was a great start and it just, it just shows you what how far we've come as a team yeah. to go there and, and, and outplay them for that amount of time well we're looking at the, the informed team who hadn't conceded yeah. a goal I think was it in five league games or six, six, league, six league games mm. right so you know we were a couple against really really tough mm. opposition they were fired up for it as per bloody mm. usual Um and for the first 45, 44 minutes, we were great. It was like the Spurs of last season. It was dynamic. It was on the front foot. It was dictating to them. It was making them having to think and respond. Um, we just had that much more, that bit of vim and vigour that we had last season mm-hmm. to come back in. Like, you know, we were really going forward with purpose. And then just that kind of sloppy lack of concentration again at the end, kind of like conceding possession mm-hmm easily uh, the marking the poor yeah, marking for the first goal you know yeah. and he, he's bound to score like a world he's yeah. bound to score a cracker but exactly that you could see the kind of like mindset change again mm. and I think this is where you get that reflection of one of the things that we were saying about the, the team last season as a positive was its youth and it's it's kind of um, almost innocence in a way in that it, it had this endeavour uh, you know it didn't stand on ceremony it just went for it and played to its strengths mm. the other side of that is that when you get things that go against you the morale can quickly drop we haven't still haven't got I don't think like leaders in the side that can really settle things down we haven't got that kind of bitter nuggety kind of been around the block Premier League pro yet who would be able to sit there in the midfield and say do something that's going to negate this you know yeah. go down waste a bit of time uh, the phrase that is crept into the, the vernacular now is game management whatever you want to call it yeah. right that we haven't got that nous yet yeah. and you could see that happen when we conceded the goal and then you could see it in the first 20 minutes going into the second half as well when we were rocking yeah. uh, they had us on the back foot that said, actually, I think like, we started to come back into the game. The substitutions that, that Conte made, I think you know, like, he recognised you know, that we were still carrying a threat, even though there wasn't that much kind of like penetration. 
I'm heartened by the performance, yeah. but you've got to look at it in the context of what's been happening. It's one winning nine games now, 10 one games, in, something ten, like that. One, one winning yeah. 10. So, all right, we've had a run of bad injuries. We've had a run mm. of poor form. Um, fitness and, and, and form can come back. So let's see how we get on with that. We've got some very winnable games. We mm. just need to get a few victories under a belt now, and that will restore confidence and we'll build on that. No, I agree. I mean, Danny, if you look at the bigger picture, I think this time last season, we were still points behind where they are now. Mm. So, I mean, you know, people out there on social media, you know, disaster, disaster, this is oh, the end and all that. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We've just played the best team in the league uh, on a ground we haven't won to do that since yeah. 1990. <laughs> um, I, I certainly didn't expect to get anything. I, I thought we, we played much better than, than I thought we would do. So, we, I mean, you can't start panicking. No. We, we played a lot much... <coughs> we played a lot better than I expected yeah. us to. But you also got to remember, you know, uh, we'd only let in, was it six goals, you know, up until two weeks ago and we've let in four in the last two games. But in in truth, we're, we, no one thrashes us and we're a, a tough team to play against. And mm. I, I took a lot of comfort from the fact that we gave Chelsea a really good game. Mm. You know, I agree with the fact that we, we sometimes make silly mistakes yeah. and being one nil up and I was just I was just thinking Come, just gets half time just gets half yeah, time yeah. Mm. and then Kante pulled back Dembele by his shirt should have been a yellow card I think if the referee given that mm. that would have disrupted the game there was mm. only a minute to go but stupidly we took a quick free kick we lost the ball and then within a minute they'd scored and then and then it was you know, there was a minute of added on time so we, we're taught them things can turn so quickly in a game and I think they went in and they were they clearly were demoralised yeah. by letting in that goal because they were so much the better team in the first half. Mm. But, you know, Chelsea knew they'd been in a game as they did last season when they played us. And the, the performance we put against, up against Arsenal, I think was similar to one against Chelsea. Yeah. We were the better team. Yeah. We were the better team, I think, in both games overall. So I don't think there's that much to be concerned about. I think, you know, we need a couple of players to come back and a couple of players to find form. And we'll go very close to the top four again, I'm sure. But do you think, Ben, there's what's lacking, I think, there's that, 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 it's hard to find that sort of nous. I mean, Adam mentioned game, you know, sort of manage, manage, uh, management. Something or certain players that can just, you know, calm things down or, or, or a bit of magic. You know, when we were 2-1 down, I, I, I must admit, I'm sorry, I couldn't really see us scoring. I just no. didn't see where the goal was going to come from. And we had a couple of half chances from Nakuda and all that. But, you know, when you're sort of maybe a Chelsea fan or a Liverpool fan, there's, there's a real belief you'll get back into certain games. And maybe I've been going to Spurs too long <laughs> and I don't have that, I've got that bitter non-belief. But I see certain games now. I mean, you know, it's saying that West Ham, I couldn't see us come back from that and we certainly did it only a week ago. So, but I, the really big games away from home. Yeah, I, I think there's a few factors there. What one is the the, the kind of the, the tiredness that that would un, undoubtedly have set in after the Monaco game when Chelsea had a, had a clear yeah, week, and, and, they, and they've had a few of those as well. Yeah. So I suppose it's been to Monaco, had a Champions League game, which which is which is which is tough, and then come back yeah. and a lot of the players played again. People like Kane, Pochettino said at the start of the week, he's what he said in Monaco. I'm not sure if he could play 90 minutes here. And he not only played 90 minutes there, but but then started against Chelsea and, and yeah. played. I think he played all of it, didn't he? Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think you've got that factor whereby they're fading in the second half, yeah. and, and and Chelsea then have a huge advantage the longer the game goes on. Yeah. When you're talking about those kind of those those experienced figures, I think Alderweireld is one of those. Yeah. And I think when you lose him, 
then then that that's a, that's a key thing. Uh, but then also, I think it's the the, the youth of the squad. You know, that that is the whole philosophy. It's about having young players, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think with those young players, you, you get excitement, you get energy, and you get a lot of the things that has made Spurs really exciting over the last couple of years. But you also do get a certain amount of inexperience, and they're just not going to have that many late 20s early 30s type players you know the John Terry's all those you know mm-hmm. obviously Stephen Giles just retired but those those kind of really experienced players that people look around to and go mm-hmm. well there's someone who you know we we can all work off and they're not going to have five of those there might be one or two I think as I say Eldweld is one of them Loris is another but, but he's in goal so he's a bit further back mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of players like Ali and Kane and, and, mm-hmm. and Dyer and you'd say Dyer is probably a fairly <coughs> inspirational figure you know you, you can even a big crunching tackle can, can, can get you all going but they're all fairly young players who are all going through similar experience with their first Champions League campaign together mm-hmm. these aren't the kind of you know the 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 kind of players you're talking about so and i think that's just the trade-off you have to have um probably their wages are lower um and you know you can bring players through your academy but but people like harry winks and and harry kane eric dyer all these people they're, they're not necessarily at, at this early stage they've got a long way to go and the, the potential is great but i say that that trade-off you have is that they maybe just don't have that experience to maybe see out games like that i mean that's the frustration adam with, with the sort of sissoko who when we bought him and a lot of lot of people forget about the money because you know it's not our money I don't care but you know a lot of sort of people thought well, okay you know what experience you know big unit probably helped the squad good player to bring on there's openly a falling out he came out with saying about Wembley's not uh, difficult to play and we should play the next games at White Hart Lane mm. Pochettino apparently turned and said do you talking on the pitch mm. um, and was left out the squad because you're, you're not doing enough in training to warrant um being in the team it's quite a fallout isn't it for a player I mean you, you, you'd imagine well you, you hope that before you bring any player in you really do your research about what they're like off the pitch what's their attitude when, when the chips are down and they're going to be there for you or skulk off mm. is this another player that might just not ever work out this is, this is the, the thing if there is a concern I think this is what it's about and it, it kind of hints and suggests the problems that we've had in fairly kind of like long term at Tottenham is about recruitment we don't recruit particularly well every club will have hits and misses mm. I think it was Arsene Wenger said about 50% of transfers fail but when we have the opportunity to really kick on and we have the means to do it so qualifying for the Champions League should be in a really attractive proposition mm. the money is there you know um, it it doesn't tend to be resourced or, or spent well. So I think like together when you take like Janssen and Sissoko came to about 50 million. Yeah. All right. Um, 50 million gets you a top striker. It doesn't necessarily get you a top striker who's prepared to sit on the bench and wait for Harry Kane to be injured. But I think it gives you more chance of getting that quality of player in. What we've got here with Sissoko is, is that confusion over who's doing what, who's scouting, who's buying, whose decision was it. And it's one of these things that always happens at Spurs that when, you know, it's that, that principle that success has many fathers and failure is an orphan. But they can all say, you know, it may be not my choice, right, in certain ways to say it wasn't my choice of player to get in. So I'd be really interested to find out about the decision making behind getting in Sissoko. He's not a Levy buy. He's not a Levy type buyer, given his age and given his cost and given Mm. presumably what he's going to cost in wages. He doesn't really fit the model. Mm. Um, Then again, he doesn't fit the model of the kind of player that Pochettino wants. He looks like uh, another kind of like added by all situation where his face just doesn't fit. He doesn't fit into that regime and that way of playing and that kind of attitude. 
we know what Poch feels about new players. He says that when you get a transfer, when you're signed for the club, you sign in order to train. You don't sign in order to get picked. So he's making that very clear that you've got to earn your place and that is being maintained consistently with Sissoko. But it just begs the question then, well, did you want him? Did you want to buy him? Did you see him as a kind of like frontline player? Because if you're spending 30 million, you're like you're equaling your record transfer fee, then it's safe to assume that he's going to be if not the first pick, one of the first picks. But he's hardly featured. I mean, it's a weird one because obviously around the same time, Paul Mitchell, who was brought in to buy players and identify younger players, decided to leave. Now, mm. you know, if you leave a job, you either pushed or you decide this job is no longer mm. what you want because, you know, maybe you're not allowed to do what you're important to do or whatever. So we know there is a problem there. Being his job description, I can only assume that he identified players that the board decided financially or, or whatever weren't right. So we know something happened there. Sissoko was a last-minute deal. He was meant to be going to Everton. <clears throat> you know, I've heard it was a, a Levy going. Well, we need to get someone. There was a whole Mike Ashley thing as well there. Mm-hmm. I think there's been I think there's been problems with the two negotiating I think mm. Ashley's sort of like I'm going to get one back I'm not budging I'm not budging mm. I'm not budging on the prize speak to any Newcastle fan they can't believe oh, we paid laughing. that much money well, absolutely for that player I, I've heard allegedly allegedly and there course. was money that was owed on Townsend uh-huh. and so Tottenham didn't pay that full amount for Sissoko so it was a deal right. of convenience mm-hmm. for both parties he clearly isn't a good fit I mean he, he would have been on form as he played in the Euros, much better than Harry Winks to have brought on against Chelsea, but he wasn't in the squad. Um, you know, he came on for Winks against Monaco and was terrible. So he, 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 he really isn't adapting to playing at Tottenham. But it does seem strange, the circumstances on which we got him, and he was never somebody we were linked with. And mm. the fact that it was the 11th hour, you know, you can draw your own conclusions, I think. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, right. Before we look uh, forward to the Swansea game, very, very quickly, just to remind everyone out there, uh, Monday, December the 12th, it's our annual Christmas live show. And we're delighted to have the, the legend that is Ledley King as our guest. So I urge as many of you who live in and around London to go to live.spurshow.net, get your tickets. I think they're about £20 each. And you can obviously hear from Ledley. We'll be discussing his career and I'm sure there'll be opportunities for you to have your photo taken and get your memorabilia signed by Ledley. Um, before we look forward to the Swansea game, also on sale that night, uh, VSB Publishing will hopefully have it on, on, on sale that evening. Hopefully. Hopefully. I know it's um, Tottenham, the official Spurs shop, have got it on uh, exclusive for, for a while. This wonderful new book, uh, co-written by Adam Powley and Martin Cloak, who've been on the shows before, with rather brilliant books, um, the you know, so many, the Boys from White Hart Lane, the, the, the Glory Glory Night book, Spurs at 61. Yeah. Uh, this book is all about the history of White Hart Lane. Um, Adam, how did you get the gig? Tell us about, about background about how this book came about. It's, as you rightly said, um, Mike, it's like Martin and myself like worked on a number of books before. And we've also worked with um, Doug Cheeseman, who's mm-hmm. the art director. Right. And, and if, if I, I can say so, I think he's done a fantastic Amazing. job with it, as he did with um, the 61 book, you know, the celebration of the, the double side and also with the Glory Glory Nights book. So it is this kind of <clears throat> visual record mm. of the, the history of the stadium. Um, the timing is right. You know, like we're going through that period of transition now where 
the old ground's getting bashed down and the new one is going up pretty rapidly as well. Yeah, it's I, I must say, yeah. Yeah, it's really like taking shape really quickly. Um, so in, in uh, connection like, with the club, we thought it was like the right time to kind of like tell that story, uh, that uh, 117 year story of, of White Hart Lane in pictures, in words, through the experiences of, of players and like, people connected with the club. Um, and just kind of uh, another one where it's a, a labour of love, really. Mm. Um, it's it's one of the books that you really want to work on because mm. for all of us, you know, we're all we're all professional writers and designers and whatnot, but we're we're fans at heart. Well, your name will always be associated now with White Hart Lane because Absolutely. it is the definitive book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, not to sell this, but <laughs> if you're a Spurs fan, you have to buy it simply because. It is the only, you know, unless you're some photographer that's been there for years taking loads of photos, this is your only way of having a book with everything to do with that extraordinary ground that we've all grown up loving. You've got to go out and buy it. It, it is, yeah. And because it, it's about everyone's experience. It's yeah. about, you know, telling the story through the ages and, and, you know, the range of photographs that go from kind of like its inception, basically, mm. like through to the, to the present day. Um, lots of memories as well from uh, players, like great players who've played yeah. in the lane uh, down the years, who were all, yeah, it's like cliche to say this, that they, you know, they, they wanted to talk about it, but they really did. They were willing to talk about their experience of White Hart Lane because, for a lot of them, and I think like Steve Perriman, who's who's written the uh, forward for it as well, <clears throat> he made the point that for a lot of them, this is their second home. This is where they grew up. Mm. They went there as, as you know, in his case, as like an apprentice, and it formed the person and the character that he is and who they become. Mm. Um, it tells some lovely stories about sort of like quite touching little moments that kind of sort of illustrate that. Perriman, when he was an apprentice, that if he was walking around the ground during the day, you know, not on a match day when it's empty and echoey, and if there was a bit of litter like blowing around, he'd pick it up and he'd take it over to the bin because he felt that pride in his home and his place of work. Um, Glenn Hoddle, one of his jobs as an apprentice was to go on top of the East End up to where the Cockrell statue is with another apprentice, get a ladder and a mop and a, a bucket and clean the Cockrell polish the cockerel which sounds like a bit of a dangerous euphemism but bear with me right um but so he had that memory that when he was running out onto yeah. the pitch he'd look up and he'd think it'd be in his mind i'm part of this place yeah. you know this is Amazing. part of us and that was all the way through from kind of like those the surviving players from the 61 years you know cliff jones brilliant as ever right through to ledley king and harry kane saying saying the same thing about that connection that the players have got with the place i always wondered about and i know it's our last season in white Lane. how sad i'm going to be on that last game i think it's man united's oh, our last man, game yeah, come yeah. on it might be might, might change i went to the new i went to the i did the tour the virtual tour last week and, and, and the new stadium looks impressive and what i think for me anyway makes it easier to stomach is that we're not really moving. We're literally moving next door. Mm. When you look at the Arsenal and the West Ham, they've moved to a different area. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, so I just think, I think it's going to be easier to take that White Hart Lane, we're still on White Hart Lane, technically, the high road. Yeah. We're not moving anywhere. Uh, we're getting an amazing new stadium, which uh, is going to be incredible. I think actually as Tottenham fans, we're thinking less about the fact we're moving than yeah. away fans are. Yeah. I don't think we realised that like, when West Ham came, they saw that as the last time they were ever going to play at White Hart Lane. Yeah. And I think, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, other clubs will, will feel that way as well. What I've heard is the club are planning a big sort of 
celebration at the end when you know in the last game but actually as fans i don't think people are thinking that much about it and as you say because there's another stadium sort of and we've been at wembley we've been, we've got no, but also we've been playing at wembley so it's been quite a surreal season yeah already we've you know we haven't been there for a lot of midweek games <clears throat> well know. i think it, it's it's significant that um you know with the modernization of football and and supposedly what you know a modern and outward looking club spurs are that actually, when you look at the history, like we've never played more than I think it's about five hundred yards from where the club was originally set up. Yeah, you know the the maybe kind of sort of slightly apocryphal legend that it was the boys that met underneath the lamppost in eighteen eighty two and decided to form a football team. Well, they were definitely meeting mm. in buildings around that area. Yeah. The first pitches were on Tottenham Marshes, just mm. down from Northumberland Park. The second ground was on Northumberland Park itself, the road just to the north of the current site, then White Hart Lane for 117 years, and now on a new site, mm. which actually overlaps the existing yeah, it does one. overlap. It. So there's, for all the change, for all the kind of, you know, the drama and, and mm. the ups and downs of the history, that has and will remain consistent. And the club are doing a museum, so they're talking about in the old yeah, supporters club yeah, on the high road, that yeah. will be a museum with obviously a lot of these artefacts. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. that's a great thing as well. Yeah. Now, where, where, because Christmas is coming up, and if you're not coming to the Spurs show live on December 12th when you get them, where can people just go and get this book now? The book up until Christmas is being sold exclusively uh, via the club. Okay. So you can get it online and also from the club shop. It's, right. it's an official uh, yeah. Spurs publication. Yeah. And then from January the 2nd, it should right. be available for usually outlets, uh, right. you know, online and, and retail. So at the moment, well. then it's going to be TottenhamHotspur.com slash shop, presumably. Yeah, exactly. And just put like in the yeah. lane book. Yeah. And, it and it'll come, come up. up. And we're, we're going to do a competition to give away a signed copy signed by Steve Perriman exactly yeah the one the, winner the man who's played the most games at White Hart Lane he's, he's going to sign it fantastic and uh, and the question is the question, question is I've got to remember this carefully so I don't yeah. give any clues away um, it's a bit obtuse but bear with me um, what is the connection between White Hart Lane and the Alfred Hitchcock film North by Northwest there we are what is the link between White Hart Lane and the Hitchcock film North by Northwest. It's a clever one. <laughs> I know the answer, but it's a clever one. I think I think a lot of people get it. Yeah. The best thing to do is if you go on Twitter and just tweet your answer to at Spurs Show at Spurs Show, and we will randomly pick one out by it before next week's show and announce it on next week's show, and that person will get sent uh, a copy of this fantastic fantastic but i really urge everyone just to go and get it it's a thing of beauty and i know a lot of adam's books and, and martin's books have, have been fantastic this is absolutely up there with with all the others it's uh drink it in it's beautiful uh right uh ben next game coming up uh i think it's a saturday three o'clock isn't it, it is. finally saturday three o'clock ironically we at typical spurs we then play a team that can't win again and then we have an extraordinary 5-4 win <laughs> at the weekend uh but again a, a massive game whereby we have to bounce back if, if we have any thought of being a top four team these are the games that you have to win um what are your thoughts on this game coming up yeah absolutely i mean i, I think there's been there's been a lot of away games recently yeah. sort of really really disproportionate amount and then the these are as, as you say that these home games are going to be key and we've seen spurs slip up in them so many times <laughs> um, you know Le- leicester not too long ago yeah um, I, I think it, it does kind of feel like maybe where where spurs are at, at the moment in that if you saw this fixture on someone else's fixture list like arsenal or chelsea you'd go that's a gimme 
and because it's Spurs, it feels a little bit like one all, and and you're a little bit worried about it. And that I mean, they've got a week. Thankfully, there is absolutely. no midweek games. Yeah. They've actually got a whole week to prepare now. Yeah, and hopefully, I mean, there was talk in the paper. I don't know how much you know about whether Adavel definitely is coming back for, for this one or not. I think we're not entirely sure. Pochettino said uh, the, the difficulty is he said so many times we've had a few updates on him, and yeah. and, and it's kept slipping back. But uh, it's but, like but, nerves or some yeah, nerve nerve, problem, nerve, isn't he? No, exactly. So um, uh, last Friday or last Thursday, he said that um, the plan was that last Friday he was going to be hopefully doing a full session training session with the team and that then this week would be key in deciding whether he played Swansea so I think yeah he, he was optimistic uh, last week about whether it's he's good games to sort of ease your way back in bearing in mind we've got the big game next week at Wembley again and, and, and then Man United um, so United. and I think absolutely he's I think if anything this this period has shown absolutely how important he is I don't think anyone ignored that I don't think anyone mm. forgot it but it really has underlined we've seen how much Spurs miss Harry Kane what and, have you heard about Lamella well what's happened Lamella another player's been he was a while. hip injury I think he right. was um, um, so yeah, we're not not quite sure when he when he's coming back. And Ben Davies a twisted ankle, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Lamella seemed to be a weird one. I think it happened in training just for a Champions League game yeah, a couple of weeks ago. And um, and yeah, he, he was just about to come back from another in- injury and then yeah. did something to his hip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we haven't had any update on on when exactly he's he's going to be back. But we'll find out on Thursday, I imagine. But I think yeah, we've absolutely seen how important Old Verald is and six goals conceded in, in three games is, is not the, the Spurs we've come to expect and I think so much of that is down to is, is down to how important he is and, and the way the players play around him obviously he's got a great partnership with Vertonghen they know each other extremely well yeah. and I think it's fair to say Dyer hasn't really you know hasn't quite done the job as well in Eldwell's absence and was probably at fault a couple of times at, yeah. at the weekend certainly didn't look too great against Monaco so his, his Eldwell's comeback is going to be absolutely crucial and hopefully um, you know their, their confidence can start to spread through the team because obviously it's you know if you've got a, if you've got a strong defence and that I think that confidence does seep forward yeah. and, and it looks like maybe at the moment everybody isn't feeling that and they're mm. a little bit nervous about what's happening behind them. Fair enough, Danny. What are your thoughts? I mean, do you think could be a, a, a it's, it's never straightforward, is it? No. It's never you never go to Spurs go. This is an easy one today. I'd like to <coughs> I'd like to end on a more positive note. To be honest with you, I mean, uh, I think it's been quite positive today. I think we've yeah, been quite. I don't but, think we've been too doom and gloom. But I think we're, we're not sitting there going sack Pochettino like some of those <laughs> idiots out there. No, but I think we're you know we're looking at the faults and there are faults, but. At the same time, we had this amazing unbeaten run, which has ended, but we, we're we still in touching distance of the top four. And I think Tottenham are most effective when we go under the radar. Yeah. And I think most of last season, we were under the radar until, until towards the end when yeah. maybe the pressure got to us. But, you know, we've got three home games, not including the Wembley game, the three home games in the league, um, you know, Swansea, Burnley and Hull. Mm. You know, if we, if we win those, which, we, you know, which we should win those... Yeah. Suddenly, you know, we're making up points. Chelsea play City. You know, yeah. they, they they all play each other. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back. We'll be back within that top four, or certainly very close to it. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I remain optimistic, and I think you know we've maybe had a poorer patch compared to our recent standards, but you know, for the last ten years, we've been a top. Yeah, top five team. I mean, Adam, we always knew this November was tricky because mm. we had the two Champions League games, mm. Arsenal away, Chelsea away. We always knew this was going to be a tough month, didn't we? Yeah, exactly. I think it, it's the attitude is key to these games coming up because I think actually one of the features of this season has been that we, we've played better against the bigger sides. Um, we tend to have like better performances, certainly against Manchester City, uh, the Arsenal away game, and for the first half against Chelsea and to an extent against Liverpool as well. So I think it's really key for the players' mindset that when they've got these games coming up, that they're confident, 
but there's no complacency. We need to start on the front foot like we have done in like those games against City and that first half against Chelsea, go in there with the same attitude and we should be all right. Fair enough. Ben, I want to ask you, obviously, now it's your, 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 your job, you, you report on Tottenham home in a way for quite a number of years. How do you find, who, who are the sort of the player-wise when you do interviews and stuff, who are the ones that you sort of get on best with and think sort of uh, quite media savvy and entertaining? Who, um, I mean, I think Harry Kane's always great. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think everyone can... Can, can tell the, the way he is in front of the cameras as much as anything um, I can't remember the last time if ever that he said no I'm not I don't want to talk mm-hmm. today um, he's extremely um, he's extremely good with that um, I think Danny Rose is maybe the most kind of entertaining and oh, possibly really? the most interesting yeah he's, he's, he's really that? good he's just kind of always always has kind of got a story or something he doesn't really keep a lot back um, oh really that's interesting yeah so I think um, I just thought it'd be like another down not down no north. no no genuinely <coughs> really, really 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 nice I've been speaking to him for a long time ever since his kind of you know early mm. early games in the FA Cup when he hadn't right. even played a Premier yeah. League game and stuff so no I, I really really like him uh, yeah, Jan Vertonghen's very nice as well mm. um, the, the, the Belgians tend to be quite um, I think they approach the media differently I think they've got a different relationship right. with them um, Dutch players as well mm. tend to be very good so I think those are the ones you kind of you know you, you want to talk to Kane Rose when possible um, Vertonghen certainly Dembele's always quite interesting on, on his um, we've spoken to him so many times about his what's your best position and how are you enjoying this role and, and <coughs> he's, he's moved around so many yeah. times he, and again the foreign players tend to be I think a bit better sometimes about talking about the tactical side of the game I think they may be more right. used to it than English players where right. they may be more used to you know the fact that the media's maybe looking out for a quote about they're, they're, they're being careful about not to you know, say something bad about the next opposition, and mm. we, we've got a kind of unfortunate thing where, where these days, unfortunately, players are worried about saying anything negative, but they don't want to be too positive either. So you just <laughs> tend to end up with mm, middle. Same. You know, they're yeah. just aiming for middle blandness, and that's yeah. the kind of that's the safe area. Uh, they don't want to say we we're going to, you know, we're going to win the title. They don't want to say we're not going to finish outside the top four. So you're kind yeah. of in between. And what you're always looking for is those players who are just quite happy to to, to chat and don't look like they're mm. kind of. You know, and, and are on the defensive immediately, and like I, said, I think I think the players mentioned uh, tend to be the ones who um, who do that. Eric Dyer's. Um, and do you of, sense kind of after a, a defeat or whatever, even a win? Do you sense when they come out that they're up or down, or do you do you think there's that sort of cynical side of football and it's a job they don't really care? Do you do you feel they really care? No, yeah, absolutely, out? I think so. Um, I think it. I mean, certainly, I was, I was saw them all go past on Saturday at Stamford Bridge, and it was um, tunnel vision, eyes dead ahead. They didn't even want to really look to the side, make eye contact because they didn't want to talk. Mm. And you can you can certainly tell tell when that's the case. Um, so whereas in the past, maybe you said a few laughing and joking. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I don't know about sort of laughing and joking. You, you, you maybe get you know, while someone's doing an interview, someone will come along and kind of shout something into you, you, mm. you know, dick's phone or camera, sort of slap them on the back or something. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you can absolutely tell the mood from the, of, of the players as they come out, and you can. And there, there are those days when you think, oh, we're really going to be struggling to, to speak to someone here. But I have mm. to say, and it, it's it's something that maybe won't concern the fans as much as the media. I mean, Tottenham. Their, t- their players are very good in terms of um, engaging with the media and, and, and chatting and that kind of thing and it's certainly not necessarily the case at other clubs I think that there is a really nice bunch of players there nice um, and, and I think you know, generally they've got a, a pretty good relationship with the media and I think the media generally does does like them so um, there's a lot of, I would say a fair bit of goodwill towards Spurs and that's largely because of the way the players are and I think you can tell they all get on really really well mm. and they are they are friends yeah. um, and it's been um, yeah really nice to talk to them oh, that's lovely to hear good very, very nice to hear yeah. good thanks for that um, a few bits and pieces don't forget our links to our free iPhone and Android apps and our join our Facebook group and our Twitter feeds and all our back catalogue everything at spurshow.net uh, next week Andy Davis will be 
presenting with Alex Harris and Daniel Posner. Um, I think that's it. Just remind go get your lady tickets for Christmas, the perfect Christmas gift, along with a copy of the lane, obviously. Uh, Adam, uh, Danny, and Ben, uh, thank you so much for uh, my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, right. See you all next week, and come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.